We're here, man. Welcome to the show. We have a legend in the making here, the Melody God, joining me here on the show. Sports Hip Hop with DJ Mad Max, Live 365, iHeartRadio, Vibes Weekend, available on all platforms. Cranium is joining Bye-bye. me here on the show here today. How's it going, man? How's everything going? Everything's going good. You out in Queens right now? No, I'm in Long Island, actually. Oh, you're in Long Island right now? I'm in Long Island, yeah. Yeah. I heard that you might be considering getting an apartment out in the UK. Is those still in the plans? Because you love it out there. I love UK a lot, man. I think that UK is like my second home. And um, I think eventually I might just pack up and just go there for a minute. You know what I mean? But it's a place where I feel like this year I want to spend some time, probably in the winter. I want to go for there for like a three months or chill, you know? Yeah, you always want to get out there and perform, and especially if the people want to see you down there perform. I know a lot of artists go overseas because sometimes they don't feel as though they're as accepted in, in the States, but yeah, it's important to have an international following. And, and you're the first one, first dance hall artist based out of New York to have an international hit since Shaggy, so that's big time. Yeah, man, it's a good feeling, it's a good look, and um, I feel like it's, it's it's a lot of work, you know, but I feel like what is, and what, what I would say is I feel like most importantly, um, the harder the challenges, I think the, 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 the longer the artists last because of the, the work that you have to put in. So it's more, it, it's, it's like there's a lot of drive to get it done. You know what I mean? So I feel like that's what really makes me mean, actually. And you're seeing the impact. Nobody has to know. It took two years to blow up. What were you doing in between this time? Because that's a long time for, for one record to blow up. And, and it worked out. The hard work, it paid off. The good things come to those who wait, and it, it certainly did. 100%. I feel at that time I was, um, I think we had just had Sunday, the storm. So um, I feel like I was going to transition. I'm trying to figure a way to go from here on, you know? And I feel like that was my gift from God. Like, yo, here, <laughs> take this record <laughs> and go do it. Because I had I had songs before, nobody has to know, but it was just locally. But I feel like when that whole situation happened, I feel like, my tunnel vision focus was different. I really paid off, you know. It, it did pay off. Clarendon, Jamaica, the Bronx, Florida. You've moved around a lot, coming back to Queens. You're good friends with Prodigy. He was like a mentor for you early on. When was the first time that you met Prodigy? Rest in peace, the legendary Mob Deep. Yeah, rest in peace. I met, I met Prodigy through a friend of mine called Tyson. I think that was like um, way before, probably like, oh... 11, 12, a little bit when he got out of jail. And uh, when he first met, it was just a vibe. And it's, it's crazy. That's the first time I met Barnes and Levy took as they was working on his record. And that's why I became close with Waka Flocka, men changed jobs around that time. Um, uh, French Montana, that whole, when they did that feature, I don't remember what the record is called, but it was Mobby featuring uh, Waka Flocka at that time. So around that 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 time when we got really close. And me and Patrick used to make a couple moves by herself, actually, we went to the city. Um, he's the first artist I hang out with, like him, man, and just walking around on a regular day. And it just, we learned so much, you know. I learned a lot from Pratchett as far as like hip hop side of things. He was very familiar with the dancer market. I feel like he really wanted to see how much he could help me. But, you know, dancer is a very niche market. And I don't think he understood it fully. It was more like your advice. And I appreciate that more than anything because maybe that's why I'm so humble today. Because that, that was a very humble man. Rest in peace. I probably just one of the humblest artists I've ever met in my life. Yeah, he's definitely one of the most humble guys. Rest in peace. It's a shame that we lost him a few years ago. An yeah. icon for sure. You went to Summer Jam, I heard, with him too. You the Summer Jam? Yes. Yeah. Yes. The first time I ever went to Summer Jam was with Prajit. And then, yeah, that's crazy. First Summer Jam I went to was with Prajit. And that was an experience because... Um, I get to see it from 
the other side trying to be an artist, you know what I mean? And it was a great experience to see everybody, see how the whole box is set up. At that time, that was my dream to be an artist. So just to be in an environment and being around all those artists was amazing. He knew you were going to be big too. He wasn't the type that was even pressuring you to sign or anything, but he just knew that you were going to be big. 100%. Prajit, Prajit didn't know I was dope. Prajit, it's crazy because Prajit always say, yo, you're different. Um, you have a soul and it's going to work. And um, he always makes sure that he connects with people. I think the first time I talked to Bunch Killer was through Tyson with um, Prajit in the, in, in the studio, if yeah, if I vividly remember. But yeah, man, he's, he's yeah, Prajit is Prajit, man. There's, there's never going to be any Prajit. No. Do you have something in the vault with him? Did you get to record anything with him at all? I've never recorded Prajity, but I've done like harmonies and records. I don't remember for what song. If I'm not mistaken, I think it was, was doing that, that, that. It was when he was doing that Barnes and Levy record. I'm not, I, I don't remember 100%, but I definitely remember going in the booth a couple of times to do some stuff. Uh, amazing. And used to be around Queensbridge Row. You m- remember seeing Tony Ayo, Lloyd Banks back in the day, too. So you're around all yeah, these yeah. guys. Yeah. Yeah, all of them. I used to be on 165. I see them all the time. You know what I mean? Light Bombs, Tony Ayo, uh, yeah, Prajity 50. I've seen, you know, every, every artist that came through that um, studio, I've seen them. You know, some I can't remember. And, you know, I was young at the time, but most of that art. What was your most memorable story? Because you said it, you've seen everyone uh, come through that studio. What, what's been the what's the most memorable one? The that most memorable story I remember, I can't even talk about it. That's crazy. <laughs> but I, I can say that um, I wanted to be an artist. Yeah. Oh, but you're also in uh, learning about your history because this talent is blood related as well. Because uh, me learning about your uncle Screwdriver, did yeah. you get to talk to him early on about how the, he put you on to some game about how the music industry works? Yeah, it's crazy. The first, yeah, I used to be around him when I was living in Florida, and he used to tell me that music is gonna go to melodies, and I didn't understand what he was saying at the time. He's like, it's gonna be less words and more melodies. I, I remember vividly. And I used to try to DJ. I don't know what a DJ is. Not, not someone that plays music. I'm talking like what they call rap in America. Um, we call it DJs. It's less singing and more flow. And that's what I was doing at the time. And he was like, no, you have a voice. You can really sing. And I think me, Chance, like, stop DJing hardcore and singing more. I feel like it created a song with a blend of like, I could give you a, a sick flow, but I could still sing my hooks. And like I got it, yeah, I learned everything from him. I, I give that a school job. That, that man is one of the I don't know what it, that that man is a teacher, yeah. Like he's he knew exactly what was gonna happen, he knew exactly what I needed to learn, he knew the sound that I need to adapt to and yeah. Yeah, Vibes Weekend out now. This is the newest single that we're pushing here. Tell me the story behind it because it, it's definitely a vibe for sure. Yeah, so Vibes Weekend was created at the studio in Bother between Queens and Long Island. Elmond and um good friend of mine, Chemist Records, who he did the one matic record, like that's one of King's biggest records that broke him. And like, you know, governors and that same with him. Um a lot of artists. And um he's somebody I've worked with a lot. But it's so crazy. I was driving and I was calling randomly and I said, yo, I feel like I have this song I wanna sing. I didn't know what the song was, I just felt that energy. The way I go to studio, I don't work off of like um schedule. I don't do scheduled studios. I can't be like, yo, I'm going to do this for next week. It's very hard for me, unless if you have other body of people that's working in the studio. But as far as me working by myself, I just randomly get up and just go to the studio. And it was just a random day, and I felt like my heart felt like that's what I wanted to sing. And, you know, I went to the studio, and that's what we created a record. Mm-hmm. 
I know I heard about your whole situation with you being signed to Atlantic now being Melody God. You're on your own now. What's something that you took from being with Atlantic and being with a major label that you're applying to your independent record company now? Um, what I've learned now is what I've learned with Atlantic. Oh my God, I've learned a lot. Um, I've learned that dancehall music is not a priority; it's a flavor, and um. Be yourself 100%. I know it's the most cliche thing when we say be yourself because it's the most basic truth. Like, it's it's just be yourself. I don't try to come on a record and try to be American. I don't um, try to sing um, things that I think this is what's working now. Um, I've learned to just learn how to, like, maneuver in a room, understand that this is not necessarily about you all the time. And, um, yeah, just... Base, uh, yeah, the base is just base. But Atlantic teach me just to just don't try to follow trend. Just do what you need to do, and you will last in this thing. You know what I mean? And that's basically what I did. It was funny hearing how that eventually went down for you when you did get signed to Atlantic. I think it was someone saying it was like one of your close friends, someone you met at a barbecue, saying their sister was trying to get at you. I got signed up. Yeah, I got. <laughs> well, first it was at first I saw the tweet. Somebody, she, um, not somebody. No, let me fix that up. Latoya Lee hit me and she said, um, she wanted to sign me. At the time, I didn't know who she was, who she was, and um, I was at a barbecue in Rosedale in Queens, in the trenches, all in a vibe, and this guy was running to walk up to me and he's like, "Yo, my sister try to reach out to you, like she think you're dope." And I was like, "Oh, where?" And he said, "Twitter," and then I put two, two and two together, and I was like, "Oh, makes sense," and then. Um, at that time, I don't remember, I don't know if I was working with Peewee at the time, but the transition, I don't know, Peewee was got involved in that, because I remember sending over that link to him, so I guess, I guess we just started working, I don't, I'm not sure, I don't want to mix up the story, but, um, it all started in our barbecue with Atlantic, and that's when I really took it serious, if that makes sense, yeah. Now that you're with Melody God, you're on your own here, the independent label. How do you look into increase now? Because you got the hit records. What are you looking as far as future? You're looking at some other artists out there to put a part of your label. How do you plan on growing the record label right now? I feel like for now it's all about sealing myself completely. Um, I, I think um, I've learned so much things. I feel like there's more to be done. But as far as my end goal in this thing is basically, I don't even have a goal. I feel like it's more about doing everything to the best of my ability. And whatever I read from that, I'll accept it. But moving f- more down in my career, I definitely want to um, see more artists from the States rise in dance and music. I feel that, that would make me super happy because it was just like a myth for a lot of people and um, a mystery for a lot of people. And I feel like with the experience that I have and the kind of Lean a cut out for myself. I feel like I want to share that information moving forward. Yeah. You mentioned it before that dancehall is not a priority. It's a flavor and also it being a numbers game now because I remember hearing in other interviews saying that that this isn't the what you really think it is because the numbers tell you otherwise that it's not a priority. And and it, this is what frustrates me of being someone that really appreciates great music, which you make is that it, it's all based on numbers. Now, when did you start to notice that it wasn't feeling anymore? It was all numbers are what matters. Forget the feeling. I feel like me. Okay. Nobody else knows launched me in a different life very quickly. So I was exposed to a lot of different rooms, you know, a lot of different um, people. 
whoever was the top guy when I came out the music, I was in the rooms with them. You know what I'm saying? Because um, nobody else knows a big record that represents dance. And as time goes by, I realized that um, the conversation was always about who have a lot of followers and who um getting this much streams and stuff like that. With dancehall, is that we doesn't we don't have enough numbers off off the back to show to like big companies like this record is moving. If you're not in the street to know that it's moving is very hard. And then the the, the 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 real hard job comes when I have to I'm a management team have to um convince a DJ like yo this is the song. You get what I mean? And I feel like that's where the numbers where for instance some markets like the African market or the hip hop market they, there's no in New York alone is how much people is like what? Seven million people if I'm yeah. not mistaken. So if a record is really working in New York you're going to see the numbers for us, you know? So it's very hard to like calculate the numbers to really bring forth to them. So most of the times, records are older while they break because by the time the numbers match, how big the song is, the song is considered the old and then it's like a big problem of explaining to them like, yo, what is old to us is new to them. So now we got to start again. So that's where I said numbers become a problem because I, bes- I personally, I've seen some big records go under the, the rug because... You know, there's no number to prove that it's a big record, and that's the problem with dance and music. You know, back then, a DJ going to the club and he play any record that's mashing up the place. Now we go on radio with this record because this is a song. You get what I'm saying? But now it's kind of hard to like really structure that, and that's what I mean by numbers. It's a numbers game, and it's, it's not right. Yeah, it's no, it's, it's not. It, it it could be fabricated, yeah. and to me, I think the best hip hop albums this year came out are Lloyd Banks, the the Course the Inve- Inevitable Three. Dave East released a great album, but. My, and my, this is me speaking from me growing up in such a historic era for when we, especially when we had Sean Paul and all these guys, yeah. and it, especially in hip hop, when you look at the big guy, Ja Rule, 50 Cent, all these guys that were coming out. That tells me that today, Lloyd Banks and Dave East, they have the authentic hip hop records, but the numbers game will tell you that they don't. It's all yeah. this other stuff that's just what the record companies are pushing. It's a bunch of politics. It's a lot. It just, I feel like, but at the end of the day, there's always a way. So I feel like, but now it's more like finding that one single and um make sure that there's steam coming off your shirt when you drop a project because I feel like that's where it is right now. <laughs> so for me, I'm most focused on singles. I've always been a singles guy to them. So it's not, and I've learned and, and understand not to feel pressured when you come on to album. Not every artist is an album artist. You know what I mean? Not every artist is a single artist. Some people get their single off their album while some people get their single while just creating a single. You get what I mean? So for now, I feel like we're in a, in a time where I don't really business about an album or, you know, it's all about getting the single hot enough to actually move forward. You know what I mean? Exactly. And we, we brought up you being the first New York-based dance hall artist to go have that international hit. Something else you have in common with Shaggy is that you were thinking about going into the army, I heard. So he went into yeah. the army. Yeah, 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 yeah. I heard, yeah. Um, yeah, I wanted to be in the army. I feel like that's every kid who just, I feel like it's the easy way out. You know what I mean? I feel like it's one of them ways like, yo, I'm going to just go to the army, knock out a quick five years and come home type of vibe. You know what I mean? And I've always been very smart and understanding the background of stuff. So the benefits is good. Like, I don't like to wait for board a plane before I became who I was anyway. So, you know, the, the, the benefit <laughs> of that, the host benefits, the, um, you know, there's so much benefits that comes with being in the military, and I feel like, and I salute the soldiers. I feel like some of the time we fail to 
look past the importance of a soldier who keep us safe in America, you know what I mean? And um, I feel like that was just in that time of it, like, was Israel. Have you had an encounter with Shaggy at all throughout your time in the industry? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Most, most definitely. I, I, I used to be at his house a lot. Oh, wow. So you got the full experience of just being around him and how he works. Yeah, definitely. That, that's big time. Any word on, on you linking up with Drake eventually here? Because I remember back in the day, he was, wasn't he singing along to your records at some of his yeah, shows? Yeah, I've met Drake once. We never really linked. I met him. I did OVO Fest um, when he launched OVO Fest. Um, dance, uh, we had a stage. I did the first one. Actually, I was the first artist who went on the stage, actually. I didn't wow. forget that. And um, I've met him for a, a short bit backstage at his OVO Fest. We was doing worse or something like that. But um, as far as like linking and talking, no, not necessarily like we we bridging that with cool. But you know, I respect Drake, and I'm pretty sure he respect me. Yeah, if it's one thing about Drake, he, you know, he's the, his ears is in the street. Yeah, no, it definitely is, and he, that's still in the cards for you down the road here. But I, I did want to talk to you about your discovery of Afro beats and just the rise and current state of, of dance hall because you've been experimenting with Afro beats way before this current. You see the yeah. surge that's going on. So yeah. talk to me about your discovery of them, and what do you think the current dance hall? What's your view so, on that right now for the sound? So my manager is African. One of my managers is African. Um, Pee and. I was exposed to I was exposed to Africans a long time before even the whole music part. We don't even know. There was friends that was Africans that didn't even know it was African. And um, when I started going on the road, I started hearing it a lot. Then I was, when I went to Europe, I was like, "Yo, yeah, this sound like it's coming. Yeah, like this is moving." And then um, I met Whiskey. I don't remember, you know, what's crazy. I don't remember how me and Whiskey met. I can't remember how we met, but we actually met. And um, we became cool. And we did Can't Believe, the record Can't Believe with me, him, and Ted Alassane. And um, I saw it coming. Like, I saw it coming. I saw the difference with the music. Like, it was very authentic. It sounded like no... Um, it, wasn't, it didn't sound watered down. It sounded like something totally different, if that makes sense. And, yeah, we did the record. And what can I say? You know, that, that record is 50 million streams, are, are more than 50 million streams, just on um, Spotify only, without no real radio push. You know, that was just an authentic record that just flew in the market in Europe, um, Australia. I went to New Zealand after that record. Like, it just did great in Africa also. And um, I'm just happy that I saw it coming, and I'm, I'm happy that it was something that I tried, but I never tried to be an African artist, if that makes sense. I, I, I stayed attentive to myself while wisdom stayed attentive to themselves, and that's how that record became a magic. And with, with the Can't Believe a record, because there's a remix originally, Jason Derulo was on this. And which one? A Can't Believe record. No, he was on Nobody Has to Know remix. Oh, okay, he was on that remix. He was on Nobody Has to Know remix, which we never put it out. That You never put that out, yeah, because I was hearing it's, about that, so it was Nobody Has to Know. Yeah, he came on the record and he was um it was a dope verse, but he was singing about eating and all that type oh, of stuff. I mean, I said, Yo, brother, listen to me. <laughs> Our culture don't play them game there. So um I think we tried to get him to change some lyrics. I don't remember, don't quote me, but I, I think that like didn't go how we wanted to go and then we end up but when I heard Ty that of verse, I was like, This is it. And it took off. Like, and it took off, yes. 
Yeah, and we're seeing everything that you have on here. Midnight Sparks was the debut. How do you look back on that album now that's at the debut one for you? Um, rumors. Um, listen, it's not because I did it. <laughs> that's one of the most amazing uh, projects, I think, man. It was, it was a, it, it balances the tone of like dance with R&B fusion, like never before. We listen to Between Us and Nobody Has to Know and Little Love. Those records just have this unique sound of a perfect blend between R&B and dance. I just represented me as a New York-based artist. Like it was, it was fresh. It was too fresh. It was. I feel like that project was so advanced that it went over a lot of people's head, and then people start catching up back on the record after like with stamina and those records and Moonlight. So. But it's one of the greatest. I agree. And you were doing your thing during quarantine, too. You didn't let that stop. You had the number one song yes, during that time. Right. And, and, yes. and I think before that, you were you were also working with Tory Lanez. We can that record. So how was your experience of working with Tory? It was cool, man. I was I was on tour with them. It was on tour with me, Whiskey, yeah, me, Tory Lanez, Jacquees, um, Jid. It was a dope, man. It was a dope tour. And that was the first that uh, opened me to America. I think we did 47 states. And um, it's just like woman every night. And just like, cause that, that, you know, it's, it's, the artist is like, those are the type of music we sing. So it was, it was man, listen, it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. One of the great, you know, definitely. And the record shows it too. That's, that's, that's a hit. I mean, I, I like how you never want to oversaturate the market. And I think, you definitely have the, the right approach when it comes to that, because when you do drop, people are, are going to have high expectations because it's quality. 100%. And, and that's how 100%. it used to be. 100%. I feel like music is something that is hard to be cherished. I feel like it's something that needs tender care like a woman takes time. And when it's done properly, it's done properly. Because it's not every song is going to hit overnight. Some song takes six months, some song take a year, some song takes two years, some song takes two, three weeks. Depends on the record. But I feel like once you release quality, it's only a matter of time before it, it, it replies to you, you know? Yeah. I do want to touch on this because I know you're always about it in all, all your interviews and everything you do. You, you love the women talk. What is your definition of a hot girl? One that look good. One that look... <laughs> when she look good as a hot girl. You know what I mean? When she look good. Personality comes after. Nobody look at a girl and say, oh, you have a great personality. I want her. You know what I mean? It's the looks that come first. So once she's hot girl, she's hot girl. No, no more taxi guys. I heard about this taxi guy that got with one of the no taxi guys anymore. Is that out no, of here? That them is the finish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you see, have you noticed? Because I had this conversation with someone else recently about just the, the state of, of women and everything going on with social media and everyone. Everyone's a model and all this stuff going on. You see that women as they come along now, they're trying to model themselves off of what they see on the internet. You've been yeah, noticing I've that. Yeah, a lot, a lot. I feel like whoops. I feel like most, most of them that do that is is a place of. I don't know what's really called, but some people just do those type of stuff to get attention, and while some genuinely just feel, you know, it is. I always tell somebody, morals to me, is not morals to everybody else. So what's my morals is different from your morals. So if you sleep good at night doing what you do, that's fine. Once you don't go to your bed and 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 you feel upset about it, that's fine. You know what I mean? Because what I may like, she may like. What she may like, I may not like. So all of our morals is all different. So just do what you want, darling. So if you look good and you want to post, you look good, that's fine. And um, I just feel like everybody should do what they want to do once they're morally okay with it. 
<laughs> oh man, no, you're you're always into that. It's crazy. Always be yourself, man. That's important. I, I love how you're always about that in your conversations. I, I want to get into the wild and out MTV with your battle for the dance hall anthem with yeah. Sean Paul. How was that? Yeah. That was great. Sean Paul is one of my favorite artists as far as dance is concerned. That's like the pinnacle, you know what I mean? So that was a great experience. I think that was the first time I actually had a conversation and stuff. And um, it was dope. It was dope, dope, dope. You got to get a potential record in the works between you two. I, that would be a dance yeah, hall anthem within itself. Yeah, it's not impossible. Anything is possible. Under the sun. Yeah, I see that happening, man. What's next on the horizon for you now? Now you got Vibes Weekends out. That's the one that you're pushing. What's next? What's going to be? Because I know you're big singles guy. So what's the next single you're, you're looking at? Well, no, I'm just going to keep recording until I find one that talks to me. You know, I like when records say, hey, I'm the guy. You know what I mean? So right now, just keep recording. I'm back in recording mode. I've been recording a while. I just started recording back like last week. And because uh, I wanted to clear my mind and, you know, I was doing the transfer from the label and stuff like that. So now it's all about just getting everything down pack and then that's great man it's something that i do appreciate about you is that you you're tapped into all the up-and-coming talent as well especially with an artist i've had on my show jay swishes he's someone that you did a record with so yeah 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 he, he's dope who are some other people that you have your eye on right now and it can be dance hall i listen to everybody man i listen to all the dance i'm married right now um armani i mean um I listen to Najee Wild. I listen to all of them. Like, as far as, like, not necessarily say I go and listen to the album or the project. Like, if somebody says this record is dope or this record is fire, I go listen to them. Same thing in, 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 in the hip-hop world. I listen to everybody. I try to see what the new song is, what what what, what the tempo is, what the... I feel like that's where it's boiling to. Ears. And that's how I'm paying attention. What's it going to take, Cranium? I want to know. When we you talk about dance hall just being a flavor what's it going to take for it to be a priority what's going to take for it to be a priority um man that's a good question why would it take to be a priority i don't even think that it matters you know? i just feel like it's all about making great music you know we just need to have good songs and once we have good songs and it's not no more one this year and then five years is the next one you know once it's consistent i feel like that's what makes Makes it work because at the end of the day, America is not dominantly Caribbean. So, you know what I mean? Hip hop is their priority. You know, this is where this is their land. So, we can't expect to be all we are the priority. But as far as like adding more flavor, you know, like make the soup, make the soup stand out more with our flavor. That's all I think that's needed. And you're going to be one of the ones to do it, man. You see it with all the hit records that you have right now. You're making history. And keep going. Cranium, is there anything else you would love to let my audience know, the fans know, anyone that we didn't bring up here? Most definitely, man. Thanks for the love. I appreciate it. Um, stay strong. You know what I mean? Keep listening to music. Represent dance and music straight. And uh, love you guys. Bless up. Of course. And they can follow you on Instagram and Twitter and all that TikTok at Cranium as well. K-R-A-N-I-U-M that's Twitter that's Instagram no thread which is that I like thread and um, the whole thing I mean X is not fit anymore X so yeah <laughs> it, before Cranium it was Firebird yeah, so, yeah fire back in the day yeah when I was younger I was like 15, 16 trying to do culture music I thought I was a you know theater <laughs> <laughs> then I realized that it's really woman I love and then I started singing those songs uh, and you dropped the C from your name, put the K on, just came up with it like that. 
100%. Because the yeah, cranium with the C it was cool, but because my name is Kim, I was like, let's drop the C on the K. And it worked, man. It's, it's a legend here, man. Cranium, thank you for coming on the show, man. I appreciate it. Anytime you want to come back on, you're always welcome. I'm going to have your records. I have Vibes Weekend in my rotation, so I'm going to be in tune to everything you got in the future, and I'll make sure to support you. You're always welcome on. Thank you to Ronnie as well for getting us connected. Big up, Ronnie, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Anytime.